what's kind of interesting is that there had been um, uh, sort of uh, journal articles. There's this guy, Michael Warobi, who had written an article that kind of was trying to reclaim the natural origin story by doing this kind of modeling of the early cases and showing they all clustered around this wet market. And so it must really come from the wet market. It would be ridiculous to think it didn't. Well, you could have a story now, I guess, where that's true, except the epicenter is not actually the wet market. The epicenter is the Wuhan, Inst- or, sorry, the Wuhan CDC. Now, nobody has actually said that yet. It's just in this CNN report. Um, but it is very interesting that if that is correct, and they were actually you know, saying the correct thing there, that something relating to the, C- the Wuhan CDC might be the the change that happened, and maybe there will be a reorientation of the lab leak theory to where it did not come out directly from Wuhan Institute of Virology, but actually came directly out of the Wuhan CDC, which is a BSL-2, which is a fairly low-level security um, lab. I mean, does, is there any thing that totally explains why this story would come out now? Because as you're saying, it seems that the what, the stuff that it's based on and even the intelligence analysis of course, we're not privy to the supporting evidence, so this is a recurring theme again, is like, oh, the spooks are telling us this, but you can't see the evidence, but this is this is something that you should take seriously, uh, This, which is something that they do more and more these days. But it, it seems to have been that, that I don't understand, I couldn't, I can't quite get what is new with this other than it's being released as a story now. Like, is there, what am I? Yeah. I mean, the only thing that's new is that Department of Energy apparently changed their assessment. So that would be it as far as news. And we have no reason, no clear reason as to why they did that. We have some, you know, sources reporting kind of different things. Um, Now, the kind of history of it is that under Trump, you know, when it for when the virus first came out, of course, the lab leak theory was, you know, heavily pushed back against in mainstream media, and is and to a large extent by government as well. But really, the media was like the big push against it, and social media, and not, you know, and not they, for any legitimate reason, right? I mean, when no. the initial when the when the initial communications about it were, uh, you know, unfold taking place, they were. Even people that had worked in that field were like, "Oh shit, this seems like a uh, seems like some of some of our type yeah. type of stuff, right?" Well, I his, mean, yeah, and his later FOIA FOIA emails kind of attested people within government, um, and you know, talking directly to Tony Fauci and stuff, were expressing concerns that the virus could be engineered or that it could have come out from a lab. That came out much later. Um, but yeah, I mean, you apparently on Facebook and I think Instagram, I mean, you couldn't say this without getting banned. Twitter was a little looser. And so that's kind of where a lot of it ended up popping up. Um, but anyway, it's kind of lab leak was very much coded as kind of a Trump, especially like Bannon was really pushing it pretty hard at the beginning. Um, it was coded very like right wing. But what's interesting is that Shortly after Biden took office in May of 2021, he actually um, told the intelligence agencies, hey, take another look at this. Let's see if it was a lab leak. You know, we want to get to the bottom of this. So he really opened the door to this this new kind of assessment. That happened, like I said, in May 2021. And he, at that time, I think it was Jake Sullivan or, or one of these people specifically mentioned 
bringing back in the national laboratories as part of the the discussion. So that would include, you know, Lawrence Livermore, where the Z division is. The national laboratories are all under the Department of Energy. Um, and a guy named Paul Thacker had also said that Los Alamos was involved in making this new determination as well. So at any rate, the national laboratories are, uh, you know, were specifically like tasked with looking into this and making an assessment. And what I would say now is that it's pretty clear that there is an emerging bipartisan consensus that the lab leak is at the very least a respectable option. Because what happened also this week is there was there's this select committee in the House under the House Oversight Committee that um, uh, is uh, basically a COVID origin select committee, select subcommittee. And they had their first hearing on Wednesday, which I watched. And, you know, the way these things are is like they're often not very interesting (laughs) for the most part because. There's just a lot of grandstanding and people asking the same questions over and over again. Yeah, uh, props to you for taking one for the team and watching that because I I don't know that I could stomach it for very yeah. long. But what is but what was interesting to me is that even though the Democrats did push back on certain things a lot, the but the main things they were pushing back on were one that Nicholas Wade had been invited. Nicholas Wade's a former science editor for the New York Times. He had written for Nature magazine and I think Science magazine. And he's a racist. I mean, he wrote a book on scientific racism called, uh, I can't remember the title uh, right now, but it basically was trying to revive the whole bell curve type of idea. Is that a book on scientific racism or is it a book uh, that is an example of scientific racism? Both, but basically the (laughs) latter. Yeah, it's about Somebody could write a book on it and they'd be pretty good because it's a pretty dickish uh, set of like – pseudoscientific beliefs but man those guys that really are the true believers yeah it's advancing a theory that you know the heritability of certain traits travel in genes and you know groups break up cold into weather, different the, cold, the cold weather the cold weather bullshit right <laughs> yeah right right charles murray was out there this week trying to revive it on twitter at least um that kind of idea but yeah it, it was you know so I, I i really don't have a problem with them pushing back against him he's also a shit a shitty guy too because the new york times under his tenure the science pages and i mean i'm not saying they're good now there may not be any better but they were horribly pro-industry and any kind of you know if you ever had a story about like chemical contamination type stuff the new york times would be first in line to like try to uh pour cold water on it oh you're just being crazy like they they did this article about like um, Aaron Brockovich and how the movie gets an F in science because actually all that stuff being dumped in the water was uh, you know not that bad for you and that kind of thing. I mean that that's like the tone that was set there uh, under his tenure. So totally pro industry. So anyway, I'm you know he ended up not playing a very big role in this hearing. I think because the Democrats made a pretty big stink about his racism. I mean they had like printed up placards of like. David Duke praising his book and stuff. So, you know, that anyway, that was one controversy that was surrounding it. But you can kind of leave Nicholas Wade aside at least a little bit because he didn't really get asked that many questions. He is just a journalist, I guess. He's not really like involved in the story on a personal level. Um, they also had Jamie Metzel, who 
is an interesting guy. I'd like to dig in a little bit more to him, but he's used to work for Biden actually on the Senate and um, had previously worked for the WHO in their like gene editing convention and currently works, I believe currently for the Atlantic council. So you can kind of understand where he's coming from. That's a geopolitical type of um, thing. And he's extremely anti-China and he has been since before uh, COVID came out. You know, he's got pictures of himself hanging out with the Dalai Lama and that kind of thing, you know. So he's got a very obvious predisposition to a certain kind of narrative. Um, The most interesting witness they had was Robert Redfield, who was the CDC director under Trump. I'll talk a little bit more about him. And then the fourth person they had was a guy whose name I can't remember. Allwater was the last name. He works for Johns Hopkins, which is totally, you know, up to its ears in biodefense, you know, quasi bioweapons type stuff. But he was there as he, he played a very strange role because he would always kind of stress, as the Democrats did, that, you know, lab leak theory is plausible. Or, I mean, it is possible, you know, and this is kind of what the overall tone of the hearing was for me, was that the Democrats were not pushing back and saying a lab leak didn't happen or lab leak couldn't happen. They were pushing back on things like Nicholas Wade. They were pushing back on, like, Fauci shouldn't be demonized and the dangers of misinformation and, and vaccine hesitancy and that kind of thing. Things that really are not even related to the COVID origin subject in that direct of a way. But almost every Democrat who came up, I think without exception, left open the idea that that lab leak is re, uh, you know is a real possibility. And even some of them seem to, you know, kind of almost be leaving like leaning in that direction that they think that's true. And then today there was a vote on a bill. I think this was the bill Hawley, Josh Hawley from my state of Missouri. Um, had uh, put forward that wants to declassify all of the supposedly all of the intelligence relating to um, the origin of the coronavirus. Now, Sam Husseini, you know, dug into the bill language a little bit more and wrote an article showing that actually it only relates to releasing the information relating to the Wuhan Institute of Virology specifically. So that would leave out. UNC, that would leave out Fort Detrick, that would leave out uh, Rocky Mountain Laboratories or wherever else. Um, And it also, interestingly, would leave out the Wuhan CDC, since that wasn't specifically included and is a completely different lab. So if that really is where the Department of Energy is leaning, this new bill wouldn't even really declassify the intelligence relating to that lab. So that would be another potential issue. Yeah, it's, it's to me, it, it, it's so, um, I don't know, it hasn't been remarked upon by too many people, but it's so uh, typical in a, in a typically bad way that the difference between Trump and Biden on this issue is like Trump was, you know, this kind of gauche clod and he was like saying, oh, it's the Kung flu and China, China. Mm-hmm. And it's... And then, but meanwhile, the state, his administration, which I, it's we're strange to call it that because that makes him seem like he is the the person who is an administrator doing administrative work. When I don't see, I see Trump as more of a clown than an administrator or executor. But 
they they the state actually moved to um squash that kind of discourse and, and offic- from official pronouncements on the lab leak even though Ch- trump was sort of implying it and other people in trump's orbit were implying it early on as you as you mentioned like bannon and others but biden does the opposite which is like he doesn't you he doesn't use the overtly racist rhetoric but then they are moving to imply more and more that it's somehow there's Chinese responsibility for this pandemic. I mean, that's how I take it.